0: Show and you get pretty much you, you pretty much get like a high school reunion kind of experience for you because you were there 10 years later and all these guys would come back in Yeah. most of the guys you'd train some of the guys you'd work with some of the guys you'd seen beforehand and then after ashmore pcyc we do a couple of shows there and then we transition over to what the venue is that we now still use as ipw which is the william duncan state school in the rain and mm. We do a couple of shows there. We call it Heroes and Villains. Yeah. Then we build a couple of shows there. Then it transitions back to the names. And in March 2013, something happens for you and I. I've expressed this on two episodes of my podcast, but from your perspective, March 2013, we we ended up, uh, I guess... To put it bluntly, we end up leaving home. Mm. Now, I've told my side of the story, like how it sort of came about for me, but for you, do you want to air the air on on how uh, it all came about for you?
1: Yeah, man. Um, so, and and I, I, I remember a lot of people being shocked, especially with me going um, yeah. because... Because of the relationship I'd had with Hawk and and the rest of the guys and um. So what happened was, we we were at a stage where like after the after the reunion show there was a cool vibe for me, and that there were a lot of guys that I'd helped develop and and up like lots of like trained in some ways but it was more developing them like and and seeing them develop like helping them to develop their character like i was always good at um at that stuff as you can tell by the s- sweet ass and the shock therapy stuff and I'm, re- I'm i got a real knack for coming up with character stuff yeah um, yeah and 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 it was cool at the reunion show to see guys i'd helped to develop now doing their own thing mm-hmm. and and earning this earning respect again. Come back to that word um, along the way and and it gave me a real buzz and and I knew it gave Hawk a buzz too yeah. at that stage. But what happened is when when we started doing William Duncan, um, there was a like wrestling always goes in waves and there was a bit of a drop off. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I try to come up with that heroes and villains concept, to to try and um, get try and connect with the rest with that wrestling public again. You know, like have have something that was different to all the indie stuff again. That other because at that stage, man, there was probably about five feds kicking around, mm-hmm. um, and they were all indie focused. Um, so we, I, I felt we'd become complacent, mm. um, and and the one area where where I felt the the where it was the most complacent was having something where the trainees and the and the people that were on the shows where they would get recognised and have recognition for what they were putting in. Yeah. Um. And but now that there's five feds around and not wanting them to jump ship because um, unlike back in the day where we were the only show in town, and if you didn't want to wrestle for uh, MYW, you couldn't wrestle in Queensland. Mm. Um, you could be a backyarder and that was it. Now there's options out there, and they weren't necessarily the best options, but they were options. Yeah. And I, I felt that um, Hawk still had that that attitude sometimes where um, where we were losing guys because they weren't getting that recognition and at that stage they had other options so they'd just leave and jump ship so um, I got a little bit frustrated I got frustrated with the website and, and I felt that that was an area where at least if we had that updated and, and the roster page especially mm. and people could go, hey, I'm a wrestler. Um, uh, go to the website, check out the roster page, and they go, oh, wow, you're a wrestler. Mm-hmm. There you are, and there's your stats. And and it would give them something. And and the to be honest, the other feds were going ahead in leaps and bounds in that area. Right. And you could tell that they, they had an edge. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, I, I, I spoke to Hawk and because um, we went up to his place yeah yeah and we came up with the idea of of us working because you had the knowledge and i had that creative of getting permission to work on and and re renew that that website
0: basically i remember we we had spoken to hawk and he had the website that he was running and we had come up with the idea of running a kayfabe website, which would continue on the kayfabe storylines of what was happening on the shows. We would have a ros- We would have a roster page, and we would also have a page for your blogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the three things that we came about with, and we we had spoken on the phone back and forth about coming up with the idea of it, and then when we sat down had a look at it, we thought, okay, well, it looks good. The best thing we should do now was we should ring Hawk and we should go to his place.
1: Yeah, and we did that and and, and he he didn't seem really mm-hmm. sold but we we did try to sell that it would be and and that, that's the main thing. Everything I did for wrestling or for the the what well, was for the boys and the girls, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so we came up with that idea, and I thought, cool, if, if we can get this up and running, it's another tool that we have to market ourselves and maybe pick up the training school a bit more and yeah. and, and get more people bums on seat. <laughs> um, I remember we developed a dummy version of it. Um, I'm not tech savvy. The best way for us to do it was to, to do it on the sly, bring it up, and then us work on it like you you put the idea in place as far as the tech goes me look at it and then give you feedback so we we ran a dummy version of it online that we could only only us could work on like a draft yeah before we presented it to the to um hawk and what happened is is hawk um saw it he felt that we hadn't asked permission to put it up and being that it was a draft site and wanted it taken down, um, scrapped and at it, and I remember I, I got a bit annoyed with that and that uh, we would go back to, the, the, like I, I was coming from a place of love and both for to help get us moving forward a bit more Mm. but also to give the boys that recognition and girls. Um, the, the reason I mm-hmm. left for my part was in, in the heat of the conversation about that, um, like, because we used to have some, some decent debates.
0: Yeah, all three uh, of us did.
1: Yeah. well. If all, I was the left hand, you were the right hand, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I still remember the phone call and hawk questioned my loyalty
0: um because i remember the phone call i had with him which was the day after yours i remember ringing you the day before you had your phone call and i remember ringing you maybe like an hour and a half after your phone call yeah and you kind of gave me a summary which was you basically explained to hawk at that point that you were going to go to training but you felt that you couldn't compose yourself and that you said to hawk I just can't be there. I'd come and see you tonight to your face, but I don't know if I could handle it. And I don't want to show any disrespect or look upset in front of the boys, but I want you to know that I love you very much. I thank you for everything you did. I just, you know, I just can't be there right now. And I remember you saying to me, Hawk said to you, all right, goodbye and hung up on you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that, I don't think it was that great. I... Uh, in the course of the conversation.
0: Maybe at that time you were feeling yeah, like yes. it was like that, yeah.
1: Uh it, Hawk questioned my loyalty, and um, it, he suggested that the reason why we, we were doing this stuff with the website was that we wanted to pull the company out. And for me, that triggered something inside me where I'm like, man, I, I, this is my family. I, They've been my family for, at that stage, 13 years.
0: To quickly rewind before we get into it, because I remember on that day, I was the one that rang him first. And the reason I rang him first was because I read something online at that time in 2013, of March 2013, where IPW New Zealand had put up a post that morning and said that due to financial differences, we are closing And I knew the relationship that IPWS from New Zealand had, not only with the South Pacific, but in the business aspect. So I rang Hawk and I said, you better be sitting down because this has happened. And I I read him the post word for word. And I remember him being like, what the fuck? And I went, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. And he goes, do you know anything more than that? And I went, no. And then that's when he said to me, all right, I'll ring Matt and I'll ask him. And I went, okay. And that was it. And then an hour... Pretty much an hour later he rang back so during that hour this is the call that he had did he ring you originally about ipw new zealand or was it straight about the website
1: no i can't remember I Man, it was about the website um it was that they'd seen it he wanted it what mm. the draft version taken down um and that like he, he was real upset and mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not going to get the hands on the company. And that's what triggered it for me. I'm like, man, my, if there's one thing that shouldn't ever be questioned is my loyalty, both to Haw, given that he's a father figure, but especially to the company, given given what we'd been through, that, that we'd been there when it had almost folded a couple of times, that, and the energy... I'd, I'd put in for my little bit, you know, like along the way, and that, that just really pissed me off. Mm. Um, and, and we're both stubborn dudes, and he's stubborn and I'm stubborn, and we hung up and I said, man, I'm, that's, I'm leaving then. Yeah, I
0: think I rang you yeah. pretty much shortly
1: after that. And and when I said that, he he hung up and, and we didn't talk t- to each other again for a long time. Mm. Um, the thing is that I, I still felt at that time that I, had a, I still had a lot to give to wrestling. Um, and so I, we went looking for another family and I knew I didn't want to get involved with the, the Southeast Brisbane Gold Coast scene because it just wasn't for me.
0: Yeah, he, um, he cause that, I think that happened on a Tuesday. That whole conversation. And I remember. I remember him ringing me back after he spoke to you. And he pretty much said the same thing, which was, "This website. This website. I'm reading it. If this website's still op- open by, the end of today, you guy, you will be responsible for the downfall of IPW." And I went, "What?" And he goes, "You'll never get my ring. Better sell it to Island Boy." And I went, "I don't. I don't know what's happening. I don't want the ring. I'm not trying to run your company," mm. and. Yeah, again, he said, you know, if this website's stopped this afternoon, IPW's closing. And I think, after that phone call, I rang you, and you were like, oh, did you get the phone call? And I went, yeah. And you, were, you just sort of laughed, like, <laughs> like as if to say, like, what is happening? don't know. Like, what are you going to do, man? And you said, oh, man, I think I'm pretty much done, eh? I'm going to sleep on it, but I might, I might have to pull the pin, because that, that's just silly. I mean, for, for me to be there for 13 years and never question him once... And we try and help out the business by expanding it by doing this cafe website. And he
1: no, man, I question him lots. And uh, and again, I think that's how I, we had a mutual respect along the way. But this was a bigger questioning than than the other times. And yeah,
0: but that's that's what I remember you saying when you rang me, and then you was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a sleep on it. I'll see how I feel in the morning." But yeah, right now I'm I'm pretty pretty gutted. Yeah, and I went okay, mm-hmm. and. And um, I said, yeah, I'm the same. And then the next day I rang you back, I think in the afternoon. I said, what are you doing, man? And you said, oh, I've already rang him. I said, oh, okay, well, what are you doing? He you said, oh, I'm done, man. I said, oh, what happened? And you said to me on the phone, oh, I told him that I, I was gonna go down to training and do it to his face, but I just don't think I could I could bear it. I, I don't want to be upset in front of the boys, so I rang him and told him how much I appreciate and love him, and so that I would have come down to see him, and and that it's no disrespect to him. It's just one of those things where I, I just can't, I can't be there right now. It's just, it's just too hurtful. Mm. And you said to me at that time, you said to me, Hawk said, "All right, that's how you feel. Then that's how it is. All right, see ya." Mm. And you said to me, man, I was so hurt that thirteen years just went it down the drain by basically him hanging up on me. Like going, Alright, that's how it is. Yeah. And clicking. And the next day he rang me and um I knew that once you'd left, we started getting the phone calls from pretty much all the old guard. Being like, WTF, WTF, WTF. And the next day on Thursday, Thursday morning, I was coming back from my girlfriend's house at the time. And He'd rung me and I missed a call because I think I was on a bus or a train or something and I didn't want to answer it and be like, have some yokel being like, you got any coins? And I'm like, well, hey, Pete, how's it going? You know, I didn't want to deal with that. So I remember getting home and calling him back and I was thinking, man, I know he doesn't apologise to pretty much anyone, but maybe him ringing is to say say like, don't leave, as if to say, if I don't leave, then maybe he'd ring you. Hmm. And I'm thinking like, oh, maybe that's why he's wrong. So I rung him back. And um, he answered and and he goes, hello. I'm like, hey, Hawk, it's me. And I'm thinking, all right, here we go. He's going to apologize. Legendary Hawk never says sorry to anyone. He's going to say sorry to me. We're revolutionary. And he goes, have you quit too, have you? And I went, at that point, I was just over it and i said him i was done and i, I said I, I i can't i can't stay there anymore because it's just mm. what is this and he goes all right if you leave that's permanent black name on your on your name never come back ever again i said hawk i said honestly man you do what you have to do man i, I said I, I can't be there all right and i could hear him A little texture in the background Clip, and that was it so i rang sue Said so the same thing. And Sue was so lovely; she always has been. And she said, "Well, you know, it's just a business decision. He doesn't take it personally." And I went, "I know." I said, "You know, sometimes he does tread that line, Sue, but I get it." After we had left, I remember having a call with you, and I remember having that that I remember I remember having that conversation with you about. Yeah, where are we going to go? Because the Gold Coast, we didn't want to go anywhere around the Gold Coast. We didn't want to go to Brisbane because we felt like that was still too close.
1: It was just different scenes, man. It wasn't, it wasn't my, my sort of wrestling.
0: Yeah, it was, we, we were looking for, not to put it lightly, but not for an indie aspect, but for a family yeah. aspect. And I think a couple of months prior, we maybe had gone to a Prow show with like Poison and that and Jimmy Sparks was there.
1: Nah, it... man, I, ne- I never went to a Prow. show. I, I, I think, I, I can't remember, it could have been from Island Boy. Oh, okay. I, Island Boy had, had known Jimmy Sparks. Maybe, or, or maybe it was a bit of both. And 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 um, talking to him, it said that... The, the, uh, Jimmy was it, it? started to feed up on the sunny coast. They were still in their infancy, but they were, they were still looking for dudes um to help them out, and that's so what we did, man. And yeah. And driving two hours up and two, two hours, hours back, back every yeah. Tuesday, mm-hmm, yeah. and and doing the same once a month for their shows, and and uh, man at that time we couldn't thank the way we were welcomed enough i remember the first training we went to and they gave us a standing ovation just for us being there which was cool just having another two members in their family so and and it it felt a lot like ipw and that it was that family oriented show you know like with characters Mm. um
0: yeah and and it was cool um I remember, I remember that, that first training session we went to, we just kind of, Jimmy spoke to us and said, Oh, if you guys just want to chill out here, we'll just, you know, you just sit in and any feedback you guys have at the end, just let us know. Mm. And so we were sitting there and all the guys were doing like crazy finishes and yeah, signature yeah. submissions, and me and you were going, no structure, that's just free for all. Mm. And then I could remember feeling that the locker room was treating us like, Oh, there's you the dad and there's me your son being like oh this dad and son are we're gonna show how cool it is and then at the end jimmy goes hey guys this is matt matt's got 13 years experience this is flash he's got five years experience and they're going to come up and help us and collectively they all went oh no like they all sort of shut their eyes like they were so embarrassed like oh no what have we done and then after that they're like we i think you gave one of your famous speeches man that's what caused the ovation yeah. We pretty much just said to them like, "Hey, we're 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 come to make you know help help, help you guys out, and mm. we want you guys to have the like you know have the journeys that we've had so far." And everyone was like, "Yeah, excitement!"
1: Yeah, I, and like I I really like the locker room up there. Yeah, um, fantastic guys. Like Jimmy was an awesome dude. Like made they all all the guys made us feel real welcome, and
0: mm.
1: um, they were doing their own thing. They had their own scene. Um, the, the crowds were legit. Um, they, they were marks, um, like similar to the IPW crowds, a lot of families. So yeah, it was fun. It was fun to work in a different environment. The travel wasn't. Um, <laughs> you know, You're narcoleptic little fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on the rides back. Hey Flash, your, your only job is to keep me awake for the next two and a half hours. Okay, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, on the ride home I'd... Uh, I put some sunglasses on at 10 o'clock yeah. at night. Hopefully you didn't notice.
1: Yeah. So you did a lot of <laughs> sleeping and I did a lot of driving. but And it was, it was worth it. Yeah. To, to, and, and it sort of reignited my passion a bit. And,
0: yeah, same. Um,
1: and then over the course of the next few years, we sort of crossed paths with... Like we never lost um, touch with the guys. Um, in fact, the first... Um, the first ever uh, Sunny Coast pro wrestling show I went to was with Hawk Um, we went up there with Hawk and Ash and then Hawk gave Jimmy some feedback after the show Um, and yeah I I, I really enjoyed my time up there, that that then led
0: into um, Tab and uh, Scott Black and Cause I was working with him doing the late night show at that point
1: yeah, yeah and and being a massive wrestling fan too and and wanting to have a crack at creating a TV product that for the community um, TV which was was' cool fun
0: because he yeah. had been there with miW IPW as a commentator and then helping out with the Slam Nation seasons that IPW did yeah and then uh, I think in 2010 after having a rain with the belt he'd gone back to working full-time at Bruce 31 Yeah. but there was always that idea in play of I wonder if you know we'd ever do something again wrestling wise with 31 Digital mm. and it just so happened that when we left he reached out and I think I kind of was there pretty much every week doing the show to which he said well now that you're here and now that Matt's free as well would you guys sort of do it mm. and we thought well it was fucking christmas man yeah we're like well we get to do our own thing and turn into a show
1: we get a venue um so yeah we, we set up the well scott did did all the organizing and very much so yeah and, and was fucking pretty cool promoter man like at having a crack at that like had cool bouts had a cool ring they, they were well resourced mm-hmm. we had to place the train um what more could you want exactly and and then having that connection with the sunny coast guys um we had an opportunity to to bring some of their guys down and mm. and and then reached out to some other guys that hadn't that weren't again out of respect for hawk and, and ip dub and the guys still there we. We didn't set about poaching anyone.
0: No, we, a few of yeah. the Brisbane guys reached out, but yeah. we we only reached out to the Sunny Coast guys. And I think from that, the Brisbane guys got wind. Yeah. And they, all, they wanted to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, and the concept was good in, in that we weren't a place we, for a fed. We weren't, it, it was just a place to train. So we had people coming from from every fed that just wanted to to train and learn good basic solid wrestling. Yeah, um, it was
0: a hub for anyone.
1: Yeah, and and that's what it became. And yeah, we we had a crack at filming a show, which was good.
0: Yeah, we got we got the season one done, but it wasn't um, it wasn't shortly thereafter, man. That you me- you were able to, I guess, systematically mend the bridge.
1: Yeah, um, what happened? uh again though, even though we had a big fight um i never lost the love mm. for Hawk and every new year's i'd get drunk <laughs> and and one of my traditions is to text all the people i love on new year's and yeah um,
0: oh i know yeah and
1: <laughs> and, and, and anyway I, um pete was always someone i text yeah. um and whether i got a reply or not the next year i'd Send him another text, and um, actually on my phone, I, I still carry the last message I seen him before he passed. Um, from from the last New Year's, I got drunk before, um, and yeah, one New Year's I'd sent the text, um, drunk, and woke up the next morning, and there's a message from Pete um, saying Happy New Year's and give me a ring and so I gave him a ring and it it went something like hello and oh g'day Pete this this is Matt oh g'day Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then the first thing he said is you fucking really hurt me you know really and I said well you you fucking really hurt me too yes fair enough how are the kids yes. <laughs> how's the wife and kids yeah and like, oh yeah good and then we just had a conversation and um and that was it we bur- had buried the hatchet um and from there uh pete pete had in the course of us not being there had handed the reins over to um a stepson josh
0: yeah,
1: who when we were there was already showing signs that he was quite capable of, of um, running a fed. Yep. and and we knew. Um, I can remember having a conversation with Sue, um, Pete's lovely wife, at at one stage where she had a concern for Hawk that the stress that. Um, that running a pr- promotion uh, had w- was having a bad effect on his health i, I think he he'd had a stroke a few years prior to that and she had a real concern that that, that um it wasn't good for him that he, he you know the worst thing that could happen is that he, that he might um have an episode in front of all of us um, yeah so she chatted to myself and Ash one night about... She would... With with all the, the good that IPW and, and Hawk's legacy had created, that she didn't want to see it die. Mm. And she had done a lot of work too um, a, around bringing the training up to scratch as far as um, compliance and all that sort of stuff goes. Like these days... You, you can't do it like we did it in 2000, where you beat the shit out of each other and and you men's men like it was a different age. we to have kids come in and and for us to run in uh, training out of the venues, we had we had to tick a lot of boxes and she did a lot of work um, around that, which was really cool. Blue card staff, first aid, all that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, really having that safe environment for people to train, which I love because. Again, I've got that thing where everyone deserves, if, if you want to be a wrestler, you deserve to have a crack at it. Who, who is anyone to tell you that you can't? Yeah. You know, like, and, and I'll go back a bit, but it used to piss me off a lot back in the day where guys that had been trained and had come through the system would bully other noobs or mm. other rookies mm. to, to feel like that, or, you know, put guys down to, Make them feel more superior, that's not the way, yeah. And when I, I know when we did QPW, we had that attitude where anyone that came through the door, we you got the chance then to, to be a wrestler,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, um, uh, I reached out to Josh, um, we had a, a good conversation. I was actually outside of QPW when we had the conversation, and, and he said, Man, I've been waiting for your phone call, um. Um, and he he used the word asset, he said, I I feel like you'd be a real asset to us doing what we are doing now. Mm. And again, I still had a lot to give, and um, the the issue I was starting to have with going up the sunny coast once a week and running QBW was my my family.
0: Because you had a son by the stage?
1: Yeah, and a daughter. Um, and family to me is everything, you know, like of course so between that and work um, it was starting to affect my home life and so I had to give mm. so Sunny Coast gave um, QPW gave I remember having the conversation with you and
0: yeah.
1: um, and Scott and saying man I, I can't I'm burning the candle both ends it's time for me to go home yeah um, and, and I went home and, and training was, you know, 10 minutes up the road. Um, and with my son, my son has been a mad wrestling through osmosis since he was born almost.
0: Yeah.
1: And we, we're getting to the stage now where he's a pretty handy football player, but he loves wrestling. He's always out in the garage. I've, I've got to set up at home. Mm-hmm. jumping around jumping off ladders and shit and thinking of that like I wanted a place for him to train eventually if, if he should choose to do that and there's nowhere better than than IPW as far as I'm concerned so yeah. so yeah I went back mm-hmm. um, and I walked in and much like we did on the sunny coast the, the, the aside from Ash uh, Scorn Uh, And a few of the boys, there's a lot of noobs and no one knew who I was, which was cool. Yeah. So I had to prove myself again. Yeah. So I ended up going and stretching a few guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: one way to prove (laughs) yourself in. Yeah. And meanwhile, Flashman was running QPWs.
0: Yeah. No, we, uh, after you left, we kind of scratched our heads, man. We, We thought, man, what do we do now? We... We got a few other trainers in. We got Istria, AJ Istria in. We got Island Boy in. Um, I, I did a few things. Uh, we got Kelso, Cajones in. And we. They had originally signed off because Scott at that point had left 31 Digital, which was the main overhead of, of QPW at that point. And the, the new guy that took over had agreed to a season two to a business plan that I had written up in a week, a 14-page fourteen, bit, 14 page business plan outlining a season two of QPW. And they had agreed to it, and then, as luck would have it... Um,
1: Malcolm Turnbull happened, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he, he kind of sold off the airwaves, which left, you know, the community radio station with no airwaves, which is, what do you do? They moved to a new facility. It couldn't house the ring. We stored it at, I think, pretty much Ash's house. And then they just, as far as I know, they contacted Ash fragmentedly about the ring because it was still, at that point, theirs. But yeah, it just kind of disintegrated thereafter. And um, I had then, through QPW, just before it closed, had been given the opportunity to work for AWA through Kelso Cajones, Mm. to which I then spiralled off and started working for Venom Pro Wrestling. And it was only in 2019, where I had left in 2013. So six years later, I got invited back to do a one-off show at IPW for a part of the um, the reunion show. Nine years after, the I had designed the poster and seen everyone come through the doors of the first one. But it was... Um, it was a surreal experience because by that stage we're in 2019 now you're back home and i was still doing the awa and doing the venom wrestling events and i had just transitioned over to venom full time and it was january 2019 and i had gotten word on the saturday through one of the veterans down there at ipw that um the unthinkable happened that that Hawk had passed away. Now I'd known through guys like yourself and guys um, like Ash and, and Benny and things like that, that Hawk was unwell. Um, but when I got that text that day, it, I dunno, it it, it it felt kinda of surreal. But I knew that it wasn't my place to say anything and i think the monday or the tuesday thereafter they announced on social media that hawk had passed away and there was just a flood of of um of support and love naturally as there should be but i remember once that had hit social media i I rang cobra runs been in pro wrestling and i said man i don't want to make this a part of the show like i don't want the bell to ring and then we do this I said, I want to go out there before we even start the show and pay tribute. Mm. I said, because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here right now. And Cobra, very respectably, said, okay. like Without even asking, just went, you got it. And I'm glad we did. Not only we, we were there. We
1: that's there. What
0: was, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, not, I'm glad we did because not only did we do tribute and get the guys that were part of IPW that weren't there anymore in that ring to pay tribute and the whole roster that wasn't a part of IPW, surrounded that ring. We did the 10 bell, we did the show, everything else like that. But yeah, at the end of the show, I had no idea that mm. at the end of the show, I ran into you and JC Ace. Mm. Now, a week prior, you guys had done mm. an IPW show. Were you a part of that show? And what was it like for you getting that message?
1: Yeah, I cried. Yeah. Uh, and man, I, I, don't, I don't cry much. Um, I didn't do it, I, I had my own moment at home, uh, about yeah, and yeah. yeah, it was pretty sad, like, like I'd known Pete was like another dad, you know, like I've, I've got the privilege of having three dads, mm. you know, like my biological dad, my um, stepfather, who, um, I love yeah, well, I love both of them and, and then my dad I knew the longest Yeah. <laughs> who who made a man out of me and made a man out of a lot of other people and, and women too um, sure. but yeah no, um, my my biggest um, the thing I was glad of was that I had the opportunity to reconnect even though it was, you know we had that time apart i I still remember him walking into locker rooms when i had gone back and and me saying where's your where's your fucking gear
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: come on, we're having a rumble um, yes, 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 yes. um i I had the opportunity for for ages because um, again me being a journalist um and and I haven't done any journalism in a long time um uh, but the one story that I wanted to capture was um, was his story. So I went up and interviewed him one afternoon, it took me ages, bought a dictaphone, sat down and had a, a really good conversation with him, mm. um, and then proceeded t- t- to have the kids. When I went to dictate it back um my son and his cousin had recorded over it going and all i could hear was i wonder what this button does so i had this real intense conversation with hawk in his lounge and when we, when we knew he had had cancer um and he went through his history of growing up and how he was a rat bag um, and how he drove his mum crazy and and how he got up to no good, and and then the wrestling side of things, and we went through it all, and much like we're doing now, mm. you know. I, and I only wish he could have had an opportunity to do this, because yeah, it would have been awesome. Um, but at the end of the conversation, a, a couple of questions I had. was, was one? Um, if if you could wrestle anyone, anyone whatsoever. Um, n- in your prime, who would it be? Um, And he said, you. And I was thinking Hulk Hogan, uh, Ken Curtis, who who had trained him, uh, anyone. And he goes, you, and I said, me? Why me? Mm. And he goes, because of the times we did wrestle, you always looked after me or or put me over. I'm the the only person I can think of that put him through a table with a Russian leg sweep off the apron you know like, <laughs> yeah. and I tried to put him through Christine The we had this indestructible table we called Christine Is that the one we had the armour plate on the, he was on fire with the barbed wire yeah yeah and I just bounced straight off him and he and, cut all down his side yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was that stuck with me as you know And I, I thought I may not have been I may not have been the person he would wrestle he be but he he said that anyway yeah. to with me and wine. You know that's that's how he was. For all the intimidation factor he had, as this tough looking dude, like and he was tough. Don't get me wrong. honestly oh, Like I for a dude to be able to strip a ring himself that takes all of us an hour and a half. Like he's fucking tough and. Um, but for him to say that, I, I thought it was really cool. The other thing he said was, um, I said, what's one piece of advice you would, you would give me? And this was when I turned the tape off. And he said, um, remember City Slickers where they go, what's the secret to life? Yeah. Curly? And he goes, one. They go, one. And he goes, one. one. Pick one thing and be good at it. And, you know, like um, Pete said, give it one good year. Because at that stage I've sort of been cruising and and I still haven't done it. I I, I set out to. Um, th- that interview was in in January and I set out. to, I'm like right. I'm going to get fit, Get back into it. Give it a a red hot crack for another year and have a good year. Then I injured my ribs, um, which has put me on the shelf. And then now now that I've been on the shelf for a bit, um, I, I'm feeling my age. You mm-hmm.
0: know. Yeah. It yeah. does get like that when you're injured. Yeah. I know when I took time off in twenty seventeen, I was starting to feel a bit sore and a bit deflated, and my health was taking a nosedive. And I, at that point, I I figured oh, I'd give myself maybe three four months, and I would it nine months off, mm. just because I needed it. Mm. And when I came back, I felt much much better.
1: Yeah, you got to heal. That, the the other thing that happens when you get older. Um, is when you have uh, have a wife and children, mm. like uh, you think of them when you you're in high risk situations, and whereas in the early days when I was single, I, I would jump off the ladder and drop a leg drop and not care. Now when you climb to the top of the ladder, you think of them, yeah, and and you think of what will happen if shit goes wrong and. Mm. And you're the breadwinner, you know. Like, and you can't have that on your mind. Um, it it'll make you zig instead of zag, and and you're gonna hurt someone. But one the one thing with us, and I'm sure you're this way, is um, wrestlers don't give a shit about hurting themselves. The good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's a strength. Like people hang shit on wrestling for. You know, uh oh, boxing's legit, MMA's legit. Go into an MMA fight and drop your hands and let the other person hit you as hard as they and, and hope that they don't that they only put seventy percent in instead of a hundred percent. so we accept the fact that we're gonna get hurt and we open we embrace it. And when you when you, when you have a family and you get older and and it starts to creep in your back of your mind where you don't want to get hurt anymore. Mm. That's when you're starting to think about pulling the pin and and retiring. And yeah, I, I I'd gotten to that stage soon but um, the the thing with me is I wanted to outlast everyone I started with, and and I was I was almost at that stage, and then fucking Ash, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ash came out of retirement. It, it, um, I don't know, it was last year maybe. But, like a man, I, I love Ash to bits and So do I, yeah. that dude for a quiet dude has got the biggest heart. Um and I remember going round, he he was having some some issue and, and we all go through it where we, we don't want to know wrestling for a bit and so he's gone away for a bit. Yep. I texted him, I said, Man, if if ever you want me to come round and we'll we'll fire up Manland and have a chat, it'd be sweet. Mm we had this chat and um in the course of the chat i said i oh, i said my my favorite band's alice and chains mm. and alice and chains they got a song called um, last of my kind still standing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and i said to him and I, I, uh, I feel like i'm the last of my kind still standing here i am i'm probably the oldest most active yeah wrestler and around like yeah. 20 years man like, yeah um, now and because Ash had retired like he'd, he'd done his knee and had a reconstruction and that and,
0: mm-hmm. Jacker had left Cruz yeah. left BJ had stopped yeah, yeah
1: and next fucking thing he comes out of retirement <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know if that had something and I went you fucking bastard No, <laughs> I can't retire
0: there's
1: a bit of Terry Funk Dusty Rhodes going on there
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: man I'm not retiring until that dude retires so nah. and, and the thing is he's like he'd come out and had the matches I've seen him work have been absolute blinders and I've gone fuck my my cardio is fucked. Yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah. do that. I, I can come out and work. Yeah, yeah And yeah. I, I can still pop the crowd and and cut a good promo. But um, yeah, you fucking bastard.
0: <laughs> and then, then Cruz came back.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they all come like what, like Jack back and. Oh, g'day buddy. I'll come back soon. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck off, man. <laughs> I I, I want to be the last I'm the last of my kind still standing man
0: you may want to be the last but I have to say going on audio record besides Ash and and obviously Hawk you were one of the first to take a chance a little on me 12 years ago and I've never forgotten it and um, you you said earlier that we're kindred spirits Um, I think we're more than that I you've always said you've looked for family I treat you as family I think of you as thanks brother I think of you as my older brother, hey. the older brother awkwardly has a family and I'm like hey bro do you want to hang out, oh you've got a wife and kids, um, but no I, I truly mean that man, I, I have a lot of respect and love for you, you've uh, you've helped me in the darkest of times and you've also been the one to wave the flag in my best of times, so uh, yeah I wouldn't be the man, little and the wrestler I am today if it wasn't for you.
1: You know what man, I'm- I'm Now cry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. And and what you've done and what you've become and um, that that's one thing over the years. And I can see why Hawk kept going, because he 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 took these orphans that we were even when I first started the the killers. They were we were all still orphans we had no we, we needed a place to belong yeah and he created it mm. um, and then it, it grew from there and flooded out into Queensland and but every single person that I've I've engaged with and whether whether I've agreed with how they've acted or not along the way um, I had a little bit of a ha- help in developing them like like I've named wrestlers and um, Calso cojones. Yeah. He, he had the calso, and and I gave him the cojones. Um <laughs> Like you know, Willie McTavish. Um, Hawk had the McTavish. I had the Willie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like little things like that. Like and or or I've helped develop character, or given people moves, or um, psychology, or whatever. But one thing is, I'm proud of of all of it. Um, mm. Man, I've I've, I've had times where like um, you spoke before about guys like calso Istria um, uh, Cy, like Sire I see more as a pair um, and that, uh, I've had moments where those guys have come up to me after shows and thank me like you know like um, like I remember remember Kelso giving a speech in front of the trainees at QPW saying, and you, you guys appreciate guys like Sweet Ass and and Ash and and that because they're not going to be around forever, mm. and you need to get what knowledge they've got and and grab it and then and and run with it and it's that passing of the torch now. Now the torch has sort of been passed. Now torches sort of dimming a little bit, you know, and it's time for you guys. And you're doing it, man, like. I see what you're doing, with you know the different feds that you you have a hand in. Yeah. And you're still entertaining the shit out of the crowd, and the kids still love you. You Mm. know, even though you're a little bit thinner on top. (laughs) Haven't got that.
0: Yeah, haven't got (laughs) to avoid here as much anymore. (laughs) Alright, Maddie, we're coming to the end of the podcast now. As much as I don't want it to end, we've been through our start, we've been through your start, all the way up until now. I'm gonna hit you now with what I like to call the deep dive and don't worry, I'm not gonna go through text messages, I'm not gonna go through any old photos or anything like that, but what I am gonna do is I'm gonna ask you some personal questions that only you can give your unique spin and answer on. So you ready for the deep dive? Yes I am, Flashman. <laughs> All right, man. What hurdles did you personally face and how did you overcome them?
1: Man, uh... I grew up real quick early. Um, the, my dad left when I was seven I became the man of the house. Um, I over the course of the next five years I, I lost a lot of people um, that were close to me, uh, few, like, that passed away like most of my male role, role models in, in life. Um, so I've had to teach myself, Early on, how to be a man um, and, and have taken a lot from books and culture and wrestling, like we, we spoke about, um, and how to do that. And uh, I felt like I overcome that, that awkwardness of not having a stable family life. Learned a lot from the, the strong females that did bring me up and, and and some guys that did come along later on. But, mm. man, and, and I, I think these days that's something that is around a lot is having strong role, male role, role models, you know, with so many couples breaking up and that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You speak of strong role models... Who are your personal heroes, and why do you hold them in such high regard? You were saying earlier one was Bret Hart. Is he still one of your heroes?
1: Yeah, as far as wrestling goes, I, I, I always liked... Uh, one, I liked the way he wrestled, and, and I liked the way he told a story in the ring. Like,
0: well, how about one from wrestling and one from... If you have one, one from personal life. Yeah. So wrestling, you got Bret Hart?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I, I always... Uh, enjoyed the way he conducted himself and, and that sense of honour mm-hmm. um, e- even when things seem to not go you know like all the falling out and the Montreal screw job and all that he um, it, it still sort of conducted himself mm-hmm. with a sense of honour which I've, I've always liked that yep. um, uh, role models in my personal life um, I was actually talking to my wife about this not so long ago because I, I was feeling a little bit lost um, and it was because of those strong male role models that I, I've had recently um, have sort of left the scene a little bit so I, I, I like older like my wife's dad um, I, I've had an older boss that that were wise, yep. older wise guys that can sort of have been down the road and made mistakes and have, and can give you advice when you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had a few of those. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. Now you may have answered this already, but I am going to ask you, just in case the answer is different, what was the turning point in your life and how did it affect you?
1: Man, um, Walking in those gym doors for the first time, meeting Hawk, mm-hmm. um, you know like I was saying before in that City Slickers moment where find one thing that you're good at and and that's all that matters, well like wrestling, um, wrestling was it yeah. and, and I, even though I didn't know it at the time, it was the thing I'd been searching for all those years before and what it's led me to is amazing, and 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 I owe Hawk and and everyone that's been part of that journey, and and is part of the family, um, a big debt. Mm. Um, I met I met my current wife through wrestling. Yeah. Um, my kids are a product of of doing that. Um, my career outside of wrestling is a product of Hawk helping me out at a, at a time where I, d- I didn't have a job and, and opening a door that's led me to where I can now support my family really well mm-hmm. um, and have made a decent life. Yeah. So, man, I, I owe wrestling a lot. In particular, I, I owe uh, Hawk a lot.
0: Yeah. What would you tell yourself now if you were just starting out?
1: Yeah, avoid the chair shots, man. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. I I um I met Mick Foley, um, after he did his, uh, his stand up once. I man, I got a really good mate here. Um, his his name's Mick, Metal Mick, and and we go on adventures together, and and he got us tickets to to Foley, and and we met him. Meet and great got him to sign a few things mm. and I had time to ask one question and I said um, hey man I, I I run a gym in these parts like at that time I, I can't remember if we were up here or not and mm-hmm. what advice would you give me to give the young guys and all he said was avoid the chair shots
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah and, and I can remember Pete giving us that advice too yeah no more any any ban them headshots, yeah, I
0: remember yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: so yeah, avoid the chair shots and and the car windows
0: <laughs> <laughs> immensely,
1: and the blades, yeah,
0: yeah, are you a reader, do you read a lot, yeah, man, yeah, is there a book that you reread regularly, uh
1: yep, um i I like in general, I like biographies, mm-hmm. um I, I like reading people's stories, yeah. Um, I read the Book of the Five Rings by Musashi a fair bit. Okay. Um, I am I like samurai stuff and, and I like, um, I like that sense of honour and loyalty and all that sort of stuff and there's a lot that can be taken out of that. Um, one of my favourite quotes from him is uh the, the truth is what it is not what you want it to be yeah. um and yeah so that and that applies in wrestling as well as life as if something is what it is um don't pretend it's not you know
0: you've had a pretty successful career both in and outside the ring but how would you define success
1: man success is, for me is peace yeah. Um, it, it is finding a place where you you're content, mm-hmm. um, where everything's cool, everything's chill. Um, you, you're relatively happy w- with how things are. You know, like um, when you lead a life like I've I've had a, my fair share of drama. Um, over the course of life and to get to a stage where you're, you're at peace with yourself <coughs> and and, with, and not have many regrets. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a cool measure of success.
0: All right, this is the part of the podcast now which I like to call the Lipton Six. This is in tribute of James Lipton, who sadly we lost earlier this year in March 2020. He was an American writer, lyricist, actor and the dean of the Actors Studio Drama School at Pace University in New York City, where he hosted and ran his TV show Inside the Actors Studio from 1994 to 2018. So in honor and tribute of him, I'm gonna ask you his famous six questions that he would ask all his guests before wrapping up his interview. So are you ready for the Lipton Six?
1: Let's do the Lipton Six flash, man.
0: <laughs> all right, sweet ass, what is your favorite word?
1: My favourite word, Flashman, is indefatigable.
0: For those playing the home game, what does that mean? (laughs) Man,
1: when I grew up, I used to read the dictionary. Okay. Um, So I ended up being a journalist. I used to correct spelling Mm -hmm. for a fucking living right um like and with newspapers even phone books I used to,
0: nerd yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah i i, I used to read the dictionary and, and the coolest word i read when i was younger was indefatigable
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it means uh persistent tirelessness
0: wow um
1: okay. so and, and like, I, I, I'm a little bit like that. Like I was saying, I'm a night owl. Mm-hmm. Man, I love it when the sun goes down. I, I, I love the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. Um, where I'm not tired and, and I'm awake and, and you hear the noises outside the window. And um, so, your persistent tirelessness. Indefatigable. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, what turns you on? now it can be in the way that you're thinking of or it can be in terms of life like what makes you happy what makes you excited what makes you go yeah I'm excited I'm I'm fired up and ready to go
1: and aside from boobs yeah um because I love boobs (laughs) um uh I I like passion yeah um anyone that's passionate about something um and and I love stories Mm. stories to me I mean like show me something but and that's cool, but tell me the story behind it, mm. and 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 I'm, I'm barring up, like yeah. yeah. What sound or noise do you love? Um, again, going going back to being a night owl, my my favourite sound is at two o'clock in the morning, and you can hear traffic in the distance, and mm. uh, and the dead of night because, and and. <sighs> It's like a hum of a city, but I also wonder at two o'clock in the morning when you can hear traffic going. I live close to the highway down on the Gold Coast. I wonder, where the fuck are all those people going (laughs) (laughs) at two o'clock in the morning?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Where are they
1: going and what are they doing?
0: Well, this might back up that question. When you uh, wind down the window and ask these people at two o'clock in the morning where they're going, what is your favourite curse word?
1: Um I'm f- I'm fond of three.
0: Yeah
1: well. <laughs> I like motherfucker. Yeah. Um if I stub my toe I normally say bitch. Yep. Yeah. Uh and being a Kiwi dick, I'm, when someone's a dick, yeah. So I'm awfully fond of dick.
0: Okay. The word. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's fine here, man. It's There's the same, nothing wrong with that. Same place. <laughs> this will never um, air. <laughs> what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt?
1: You know, I'd love to be a fucking samurai, eh? Like, Get it?
0: Yeah. futile age samurai? Yeah. Being just, hired by the rich folk yeah, in Japan? Yeah, protecting their farms protect and whatnot? Protecting like? people and yeah.
1: living that, with a code of honour. Um yeah, being decapitated is not really cool, but it <laughs> goes with the job. Yeah. <laughs> if what? you're a good samurai, you won't get decapitated.
0: Ironically, if you get decapitated, what a dick. <laughs> and uh, last in Lipton 6, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? What a dick. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> man, welcome to the locker room. Yeah your seat is in the corner
0: mm-hmm.
1: help yourself to the red frogs <laughs> you're,
0: you're on in 20 <laughs>
1: your your family's in the front row your grandmother is proud hawk is in your corner uh, give bret hart a fucking hell <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright this podcast we're about to slam that NOS into overdrive we're going to drive our asses over that finish line Vin Diesel style before we ride up into the sunset I'm going to hit you with what I like to call the final four these are the final four questions for the end of the podcast all right man first the final four was there ever a point where you thought hey I don't know about this Uh, I don't think this is going to work this might not be for me Man,
1: I've thought that with a lot of women, eh?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> man, I I uh in the speech I gave at my wedding I I said uh that my wife was my reward not only for all the drama I went through leading up to that point but um man I yeah she's fucking amazing and yeah. uh yeah and, and uh, so in, in that way there's no disrespect to those women but um, uh, doing that led me to the love of my life so yeah
0: yeah have you ever stopped taking a moment and thought how the hell did i get here
1: man going back to metal Mick, front row fucking motley crew yeah. and carnival of sins yeah. to, man, I'm on the barrier, I'm in front of Mick Myers. there's dudes trying to push their way through and I'm elbowing the shit out of their <laughs> hands. Like, you know, the dudes that when you're on the barrier are trying to get their hand oh, yeah. on the barrier just so they can sort of muscle their way in. And I'm fucking grinding the shit out of their knuckles and going, no, you ain't taking this away from me, man. So, uh, and and I've had a few of those experiences. Again, big props to uh, to Metal Mick. Yeah. Um, that dude loves an adventure, and, and we've been on plenty. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Front Row, Molly Crew, man, Carnival of Sins tour. Best tour that they've, I've seen them do, and I've seen them about four times. Um, that, that's a fucking moment.
0: I think I've had the pleasure of attending two of those four with you. Mm. At this age, looking back now, back to when you started and all those many years ago, when you were that age thinking forward to this age did you ever think that this is where you'd be
1: no man and and i've always had the feeling that good things happen to good people and if i can be a good person uh eventually good things will happen like like i said about meeting my wife um you, you'll get rewarded yeah um but uh, there's never there's never been a plan and and that's the fucking beauty of life man is shit ch- can change mm. um yeah maybe the hawk was right maybe we'll change it up maybe we'll we'll, we'll do things that people don't expect maybe we'll make the flash man the champion
0: oh jesus
1: <laughs> how's that for looping it back brother <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> last question before I let you leave. Thank you for reminding me of that. Last question before I let you leave. Currently, as you sit here, as you live and breathe, sitting in front of me, going through your life, going through our journey together, what is your proudest moment or achievement?
1: My fucking kids, man. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. They, sorry, Daddy swore. but um. I'll censor it. Man, I... Uh, Again, we loop it back to me not wanting to make th- that mistake that, um, that I felt my old man made when he walked out when we were seven. You know? yeah. And But it's taken me a long time to realise everything happens for a reason. And it, I, I carried that for a long time, it, it, but as an example of what I didn't want. Mm-hmm. To be um, and yeah, so it's um, Seeing the birth of my son and my daughter and and growing up and seeing what a awesome mum uh, My wife's is and it continues to be that's just fucking magic man and and having, yeah, having a family where there were times where I thought it would never happen you know and, yeah. and being happy with it of course yeah yeah so I, I feel in a way I've, I've sort of mended my own bridge there a little bit mm. um, and, and I'm sort of bringing them up the best I can you know yeah but yeah and um, yeah nothing makes me prouder than seeing those kids grow up and I, I call my wife, my daughter and my son, so my wife is my love, mm-hmm. um, m- my son is my hope, so, so my wife is my heart, my son is my hope, um, my daughter is my light, um, man she just brightens your day, you know, And even though she's in, she's nuts, mm. um, and, and what more could you ask for than those three things, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool.
0: Well, man, as, as much as you're proud of your family, uh, I'm so proud to sit here in front of you 12 years later, have all the experiences I've had with you and arguably wouldn't have had if it wasn't for you 12 years ago going, yeah, that shit was pretty funny. I might give him my spotlight hat. Um, what the blazers? <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate uh, everything you've done for me not only inside the ring but for outside the ring I'm happy to call you a friend even more proud to call your brother and uh, yeah I cannot begin to thank you enough for what you've done for me but I do if anything I can definitely thank you for coming on here today sharing your story and hey I hope somewhere down the line we get to do this again and do a part two but until then Matt I love you and thanks for coming aboard man
1: fucking awesome man and um, like I appreciate you having me And I appreciate you letting me tell my story. That's um, that's what it's all about, man. We're we're fucking storytellers. Absolutely. We told the story. So, yeah, cool. Anytime.
0: Thanks, man.